Everton to really seal it. Dominic Calvert Lewin has done exactly that. and welcome to the very first Royal Blue podcast of the new year in association with Sport Pacer. So happy new year to all our listeners and welcome back. Uh, my name is Phil Kirkbride, the Everton reporter, and today I am joined by Gav Buckland, Adam Jones and the returning Greg O'Keefe to make up a very suitable back four, I'd say. Me and Gav, you'll be at centre-half, I think. Can you I, see on the uh, full crowd? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why wouldn't you have me and Greg at centre-half? Height. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swift attacking fullbacks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you very much for uh, listening and joining in today. We have a rough agenda, which we'll focus on. Uh, obviously, there was a significant stadium update on Sunday uh, provided by the club and, and chief exec Robert Elston. So, we'll discuss that. We'll also discuss the pursuit of Seng Toshan as we stand here on uh, Wednesday afternoon. And also, we'll look ahead to the derby, a second game at Anfield in, in a month and, and discuss what the tactics may or may not be. Um, Greg, you've been good enough to come back in, so we'll start with you, um, if we may, about, about the stadium. Yeah. Um, a significant update from, from the football club on Sunday. What was what did you take from it? What was the, the standout line for you that, as an Evertonian, you went, that's what I'm taking from, from what was said? I think it was just the... Even by the guarded language of Robert Alston in the past, he has, for perhaps understandable reasons, had to be cautious when talking about the stadium because he's he probably learned, you'd hope he's learned, from the uh, less painful lessons of past projects. But even in that sort of diplomatic language, what shone through for me was, I want to say a certainty, or certainly a confidence that I've never really mm. heard <clears throat> when talking about the stadium projects before. Um, we know why. Obviously, it's it's largely Farhad Mashiri's uh, financial muscle and a new kind of compliance with the council. Joe Anderson, well behind it. And I was interested to see he was tweeting just around about the time when uh, Robert's statement broke in the echo. Uh, and Anderson was tweeting that it's uh, the, the financial package, which Robert mentioned, is almost close to being completed. Now, mm. um, Joe's obviously a, a seasoned politician. He's not going to put his neck on the line to such an extent I know quite a lot of Reds are saying oh, it'll still never happen it'll never happen but I suspect that that's a little bit of creeping fear now mm. because for me uh, the fact that they equally were able to say a date not prevaricate or oh, maybe this season or that season but say 22-23 20, mm. season uh, which is not in the grand scheme of things too far away all that for me combines to the behind the scenes there's real confidence this is, is going places. I think obviously initially given when the Commonwealth Games were still on the table they were actually even talking about being in the ground yeah. 12 months prior to that yeah. but I think you know given the length of time Gav that it's taken for, yeah. for the club to get to such a point and as Greg said such to get to a confident point we're not going to be sort of picking over the finer details of losing 12 months in that, in no, that respect. No, the more uh, pressing point for me was the, I can't remember the exact words, a significant increase mm. in costs. Um, Didn't you always expect that, though? Yeah, you can, I was just about to say, you yeah. can always expect that. Um, but what those are compared with the original sort of 300 was it was it, like which it, these things have like yeah, a sort of like think, fly in the water I, I, fly, think, I think the, the I think the near, sorry yeah yeah the, the, the sort of cautious wording of it at the yeah, time yeah. was at, at least 300 million yeah yeah and Tottenham's has spiralled hasn't yeah, it yeah well it's doubled as it spares um, yeah so for me um, that that 
you know, and I appreciate all the positive stuff. You know, they can be they can be enormous burdens if you if 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 you get it wrong, can't they? New new grounds and, and that's that's something that they're not concerned about at the moment, so we should be cognizant of going forward. And, and the other thing is is really what the capacity is gonna be. As I see some of the some of the numbers that have been bandied around sixty thousand, I just don't think uh, yeah. being justified sixty K stadium, uh, the way football is going in the future. I think uh, I think fifty will be uh, with an option of being able to develop if you uh, so wish. Um, I think I think building a sixty k stadium in the way live football will grow and grow and maybe the Premier League as we know won't exist in ten years time I think is a big risk. Even um, though Gav, that this has to be and it's been quite clearly mentioned a few times, it has to be a multi-purpose, multi-use. Stadium, even even with that in respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it has that. to pay for itself. It has it? to pay for itself, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, it pay for itself in, in the 50k. You know, I, I just think we get some of the figures I've seen bandied around on our corporate seats and how many we can have in, in the market. That's already saturated. It's, it's a bit over ambitious, and I just, you know, and the way people watch telly now, televised football. Is changing the way they'll watch live football in the future will change as a consequence. The way, as I say, the game is organised will, will impact on 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 us. Um, we want to be part of that, like sort of in the mix there in like super leagues or whatever you would call it, obviously. But to me, that's the that's a pressing concern for me. Is that is apart from the positive stuff, is the 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 costs and the the size of the ground that we don't. Become over ambitious and base it on what what it what the current scenario is. Just think what's going to be like in 10, 20 years down the line. Um, Adam, I think uh, Robert Elson had used phrases such as atmospheric and ambitious when it com- comes to capacity. So, given what Gav has said, what what do you feel would be the right number? Um, I know we're a long way off this, mm-hmm. and understandably the club won't be putting capacity figures on anything too soon because funding is the priority at this stage. Uh, what do you think would be wise? Yeah, I think. I agree with Gav, really. I, I think it's important for us to not try and run before we can walk, get get a 50,000-seater stadium, see if, it make, if we can make it work. Because, to be honest, like, this is this is something that's new for the city. Like Everton and Liverpool haven't moved in generations. So not it, all of, all we can do is speculate at this point. No one, no one really knows what's going to happen when one of the big clubs makes this kind of move. So... I think a 50,000 capacity gives us the option to keep that atmosphere that, that we all know and love at Goodison and obviously have the expand, like the opportunity to expand at some point in the future. I think Man City mm. ended up taking up yeah. that option, didn't yeah. they? I think that's something that we can... That's, I think that's the route that we should be on that. So still the, sorry to interrupt, sorry. still the Etihad isn't always full. And yeah, they're exactly. watching a, histori- yeah. you know, a record-breaking, historically and, yeah, good yeah. Premier League team. And that mm. was going to come on to my next point. Would you class the Etihad as a atmospheric, for want of a better phrase, bear pit-like stadium that you fear going to in that respect? I, th- I think the, multi, the multi-purpose the multi stadium, mm. like it, that is a very multi-purpose yeah. stadium I'd want to... I want to try and avoid that model mm-hmm. uh, as much as we could, really. It's yeah. a balance that, because as we said before, the stadium does have to pay for itself, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it keeps being mentioned, doesn't it, that it has to be more than just a football stadium if it's if we're going to return on yeah. the on the money we're putting out for well, it. That's what they're saying about paying for the increased increase costs. Is that, you know, Robert Elson said that. I think you know you can't get a one. It's very difficult to get a one size fits all solution on this, mm-hmm. isn't it? Really. Yeah. 
I just think that we just have to be careful that we're not over ambitious in terms of our planning and say, oh, we you know we want a bigger stadium in Liverpool and all this type of stuff. Where it actually, you know, needs to have, be cognizant of our respective supporter sizes. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the atmosphere. I mean, talking to Phil before on this is, is the, the atmosphere in the ground is still generated by the team on the pitch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Largely, and the important thing is to get a team playing. The right way and in a manner that generates its atmosphere um, um, naturally. Um, it's still very, it's like problems football faces at the moment is creating atmosphere in any crowd, isn't it? Really. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can build a stadium with high walls like you know Valencia or Seville or something like this, but you need something to stimulate that atmosphere, and don't you? Really I, I, I agree with yeah. you that we we shouldn't get lured into <coughs> a vanity trap. Yeah, yeah. Of trying to say if for the sake of being a bit bombastic, we've got the stadium and it's got like 100 extra seats in Anfield. And yeah. I, I think you, we've got to be realistic. And that's not to put Everton down in any way, but just accept that Liverpool, in terms of the global and commercial development, are currently. Uh, what? Anyway, it's, that's a separate it's a thing. Separate, but, it's a separate thing. But if not be... like years, considerably further ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, and, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. I do think Dan Mice will hopefully. Be a useful asset in all in all in the, in the striking the balance between getting something that's not a purpose fit, like you, you rightly say, add stadium, and something that can help generate atmosphere. Yeah. But then, as you say, the, the key kind of like intangible is we don't know where we're going to be at as a team, who's going to be managing them, what sort of players. That ultimately is mm. is what determines how a stadium and atmosphere. Yeah. And I'd say, I mean, I don't want to go off topic, but it's still linked with that. I think some of that, that Goodison at the moment is apparent. If, if you play, I don't want to sort of um, go into detail on this, but if, if, if you play containing football at home, mm. you know, and, you know, like we have done a couple of games that we've had to against some of the bigger teams, that doesn't lend itself, does it, to, to like creating a great atmosphere, does it, you know? So that's just what I'm saying, really, is just like, it's what's up on the pitch that, Creates the atmosphere, and, and and I think, you know, the four years on, you know, and Phil, I've spoken about this, the four years that we've got between now and then are absolutely crucial. Yeah. Mm. Well, so, so you made a really interesting point to me on that earlier today when they said Everson have effectively got to cut their cloth accordingly because this isn't a stadium that's been bankrolled by Farhad, it's something that will be underpinned by him and his contacts and stuff, but there still needs to be money in the bank yeah. to build a team that's going to create winning football and atmosphere as you say Gav so um, I think it's right but what, what would we what would we prefer would we prefer a 50,000 seat stadium which which we know in theory would would be compact and, and the fans would be on top of the pitch and it would, it would tick all of those boxes and it couldn't be built upon extra it would be 50,000 that would be it or would we say let's build 60 with the or 58 with the option yeah. of getting another five on it I don't know Gav what do you think <sighs> It's a tough question, that isn't it? Because ultimately, the plot at Bramiol isn't the biggest, is it? So there's, there's going to have to be a decision. There'll be a finite. Yeah, you know, yeah. there will be, be a able limit. To expand no, it's not like the Emirates Beyond. or whatever, no. is it? Well, there's mm. a huge plot yeah. where they could be in the Mersey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Might be a few balls put in the Mersey if Sam's still in charge. Clear it. By the opposition. Yes. Yeah, by the opposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's tough. I think I'd have to, in my head, I'd have to play it safe and go go fifty. I'd, I'd want I'd want to prioritise still keeping yeah. that Goodison esque atmosphere. I think. And also, I guess there's maybe a, a 
a fan feel about going to the ground as well, isn't it, to consider? You don't want to be in, again, we mentioned the Emirates, or the Etihad, and it's very kind of steady, slope, relaxed. You, kind of want, you want to enjoy, as much as on the pitch, you want to feel like you're in a football ground, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and don't forget, even if they get a 50 or even 55,000, 50 with the potential to go up to 55,000 mm. seater stadium, that's still five times bigger than the Echo Arena. Yeah. So you can attract the big rock yeah. bands or pop acts yeah. or shows, I think, comfortably. And, and the location, we haven't mentioned the location mm. because I know we take it for granted, but people outside Liverpool might, it's still going to have such a wow factor mm. where it's going to be. I really do. So um, 55,000, if it ends up with the potential to go up that high, is no small stadium by any means, is mm. it? Well, it's 15,000 more than what Hudderston is, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, but, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you won't yeah. have any mass, any restricted no. views in yeah, there. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a, you know, ultra modern. I'm, I'm, with, I'm on the 50 on this. I, I just think there's a big risk in going to 60 because I, I even think 50 going forward is a bit of a risk mm. myself because really? well, it's, well, the next TV deal is 210 live games, isn't it? Out of what, 380 is it? Mm. 220. Mm. So by the time we move into the stage, inevitably, every live game, every match will be on live, won't it? Mm. Uh, so there's that fact that you've got to take into account. Um, the fact, you know. You've got a 200 year lease on whatever it is on the, you know, you've got to think about what's football going to be like in 30, 40 years time. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to, you know, what you don't want is build a 60,000 seat stadium and then all of a sudden the format of football changes, all this type of stuff, and yeah. you're left with, you know, I hate that word future proof. I was about to say that's the phrase, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is you just got to you've got to think more than well. We've got like X number of people on our waiting list at the moment and stuff yeah. like this. You've got to, got to think about what's going to change in the future. I'm not saying make that decision but that has to be part mm. of the decision about the size of the ground and how much you're well, going to invest I, I fully agree but what else will be key which Everton um, have proven good at in recent years probably even I'd suggest in, in our band of Premier League clubs uh, industry leaders is competitive pricing and not pricing out ordinary working class fans yeah. and that's got to go hand in hand well, with this new stadium well, that's been a major success at Goodison recently yeah. why they're you know, the, their attendances are full, full out for yeah, house yeah, every yeah, week, isn't that. it? Yeah. And, and but it's balancing that's... paying for it again, isn't it? And do yeah. we say... Escalating costs. Yeah, you and know, do we say actually... Well, but ultimately, yeah, as you're saying, there'll be a bounce when we first move there. Mm. And then after that, if you can watch the game on... How, 220 games, is it? Well, when it goes, I think it's 220. It's you know, there's going to be so many competing factors, you yeah. know, when it, and so when it comes to uh, New Year's Day and it's blowing a... A horrible gale, yeah. and it's United, Marino United. So that's a bad example because that's even most people would want to go and watch United. Say it was Stoke, a lot of people might just decide to watch it on telly. It's just mm-hmm. picking and choose when it. they go, and that's it, and that, that's no, the whole thing. And, and you're saying about like the way people say about their I say that phrase millennials or people even younger than that, <laughs> like who won't want to buy a subscription for you know, like you know, for 40 50 quid. TV subscription a month will oh, right, rather yeah. do something else but that will eventually go to people like see you know you, the same thing will ultimately happen to think with like buying season tickets and stuff it just won't be seen as like something that people want to do and I just I know we are greater engagement fans and I say feel fair price and stuff but we still have a stadium to pay for and whether mm. that, that model is sustainable mm. uh, that price model is sustainable in a new ground that's got to pay for itself um, and we've got to like fans fair play and all that to once once it spills I just think to me it doesn't it doesn't seem logical to have anything more than 50 I'd even say 
you know, if, if it costs significantly to go from 45 to 50, just keep it 45. Because I, I don't see anything in the game that's, that will, will increase supporters going to the match in future. Mm. I just don't see it. Mm. You know, if it's the opposite to me. You end up in like Italy, don't you? Mm. Yeah. You know, there's danger. You know, given we've just spent, what, 10, 12 minutes there debating very roughly some of the things, <laughs> can you understand now that or have empathy where the club in March made the big announcement with the council and I think we were expecting to see an announcement of a funding in place probably before the end of the year. That's still not there, but they're confident it'll happen. You know, given and everything that Elson had said about inflation and rising costs, have we got to be patient? I think, you know, understand me, there's a lot of excitement about this, but equally, have we got to go, you know what, they have to be, it has to be right. Spot there's on no, there's yeah. no room for error because mm. this is the one yeah. shot the club oh, have got. Yeah. 100%, this is one of the, this is one of the biggest periods in Everton's history, like easily. Like you can't you can't afford to get a ground move wrong, so we we need we need to make sure we get this right. And I think taking our time over it is essential. Yeah, the other thing as well is is not where called Brexit, mm. isn't it? In the, yeah, in the meantime, course, and yeah. nobody the knows anywhere yeah, about how that's going to impact on yeah. on things, both in terms of. Um, you know, Even just people yeah. built labour, labour, steel costs, F- just on football in general. Never mind. Yeah. It'd be Never fasc- fascinating to know. You know, if yeah. when was when was the um, referendum last summer? Yeah. Mm. Fascinating to know if if Everton they sat round that and they got in the, woke up in the morning on the Friday morning after the referendum and Farhad and yeah. Bale and Robert all went. Oh, I'm sure they would. I think any business would have done, wouldn't they? Especially mm. somebody who's got big plans for the next three or four years, and. It, the, 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 you know, we talk about 2022, and you know, the Brexit timescales are obviously a little bit woolly. But there's there's some of me that's sort of actually why we just hang on for a little bit because nobody nobody knows. I mean, and it's it's a great conundrum for everything to do with football, and that it's that's another risk you've got to throw into the pot. Which comes yeah. into what you're saying, fellas. That actually the whole it's not a case of saying I'll tell you what, let's build a 55,000 season stadium, build it there, and I. Go ahead and do it, you know, like, you know, mm. put your spade in the ground. There's a whole host of imponderables to take account of that. It's just, it's it's difficult to comprehend, isn't it? Yeah. you just got to hope yeah. that the seemingly indomitable Premier League monster yeah. survives yeah. even even the economic challenge of Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because I don't, I see, I absolutely see where you're coming from, but I wouldn't sort of advocate pausing. No, no, pausing no, 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 yeah. Because I think... We're already too far behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, even the Northwest top four, well, and it, it is actually the top four, isn't it, more or less at the moment. Yeah. So to just delay it on something at the moment we, is a situation we've all been as a nation thrust, and actually as a continent in a way thrust into. Yeah, uh, And we just don't know. Yeah. But it is that I do not see where you're coming from because it's such a difficult situation, isn't it? Well, it really is. Yeah, because. And what you do about it. And you know, and you've got you to go ahead, it. but it's. You're right, Phil. I'm, I'm sure that the powers of being ever made saw the phone. Right? You know. Yeah. Now I'd like to see what the reaction was. Well, I didn't. I'm not in charge of building the yeah, yeah. all stages. It just got, you know, we've spoken a lot. I mean, sports have spoken about about. Well, I've not heard anything about. Well, actually, it's all this stuff to think about. I'm not surprised mm. because you know, um, there's there's just so many things. Just and just the. Having to build a ground, full stop. The the, mm. the the plan and to do with that, even yeah. before you get into what we're talking about, is the scope. 
of yeah. the project army, not even the project itself, it's the scope of the project. I think, I think. from my understanding, I think maybe ironically, the actual planning process is probably going to be, it's seen as hopefully not going to be too much of a problem because yeah. it's, you know, they're not, you know, starting to do priority work and it's ticking the boxes and make it, yeah. it's just the funding and getting that in place and, and, and going for it. But it's not just, it's all the infrastructure around the ground as well, isn't it? It's all the, yeah. the you know, all the, the transport links and all that, but that, you know. The economics of the future also impacts on that as well, don't they? So it's a, it's a big job, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. You know. So you know, there's definitely an element of risk and, and gamble almost in building a new stadium, and there certainly appears to be an element of risk and gamble in the transfer market. And what a, a link! On yeah, a ball. Oh, you know what? You never I used know. to get that one. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, never get, get on the fantastic segue. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. as we uh, <laughs> sit around the uh, podcast table, uh, Everton are, we believe, in talks with Besiktas in London. Try to thrash out a deal for Seng Toshin. Uh, Adam, come to you first. Mm-hmm. Um, is Toshin, as you would look at him and what you've seen of him or what you have been told about him, is he has he been worth? Is he worth what is becoming a not protracted but something that's dragging on now? And, and is it worth getting into a a bidding war with Besiktas and and having them you know play a game if you like? I think I think it's. I think we we're gonna have to set a, a, a limit. Really, we can't we can't allow this to turn into another kind of Juru saga. Uh, as we understand it, obviously Toshun is the top target, but I'd like to personally think that there are alternatives if this doesn't happen. So, I'd, I'd say if in the next two days, Besiktas are still being very unreasonable. I would say with their with their transfer dealings, I think it's probably probably best to look elsewhere even though from what I've seen of him he has been a, a top talent he's banging in the goals in Turkey doing doing it in the Champions League can he bring it over from Turkey it's always a big risk when you when you sign someone from there but, so mm. I, I, w- I wouldn't be too sure but if we, if we can get him in over the next couple of days I think he'd be a very worthwhile signer but Greg it's six months or so since Romelu Lukaku left you've just got to get it done haven't you yeah it's awful but as much as I'm afraid Steve Walsh and Everton's boards, you might well be sick of hearing about hearing about it, but the frustration over the failures last summer won't go away until they're belatedly rectified. And so it is almost stating the obvious to keep saying that they had all that time, knowing realistically Lukaku was going, and had spectacularly failed to replace him. But yeah, all right, let's not go over that old ground too much. What they absolutely had to do and have to do this month was 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 as much as they can replace, or at least bring in a centre forward capable of scoring goals. And we always said, for I remember, yeah. 18 months ago, like for like replacements for, for Lukaku were probably unrealistic. Yeah. So we're not saying um, Senkatoshin has to be that, but what I do what I do feel is that they have to. It's not the first time they've encountered difficult negotiation with foreign clubs. Remember, yeah. remember <laughs> the ups and downs of the Yarmolenko. So yeah, it's on my Dynamo list of things. Kiev. Yeah, yeah. The Portuguese fella, wasn't it? The yeah. year before last. Yeah. So there's been a few. Hasn't so it? Liverpool have had problems as well when they were trying to do, negotiate with Shakhtar Donetsk for the uh, his name escapes but Tashira. Yeah. Tashira. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and the sort of tactics that they do. I remember our colleagues here telling us some really interesting stories about how these clubs would just go rogue and it would be almost you'd sympathise with these boards because it must be a nightmare yeah. to deal with. And I believe Turkey is a similarly volatile market to deal with and. You know, agents get involved, and all of a sudden it makes it more complicated. And we know all that, 
but it's not new that that's going to be a challenge. So what I, I want to just see that Steve Walsh is, is doing this in a sort of planned, methodical way. And I think the big question is, and I'll ask, I'll kind of throw it to you, how long is reasonable, given that he's obviously their first target, how long is reasonable for them to say, well, no, let's try and get the deal done before they have to just go to plan B? Because I totally get what Adam's saying and saying you have to set a you know, mm. period. But equally, January itself is a finite period, so yeah. we can't wait too long. 27 and a half days left. And, and, and yeah, there's a game on the final day. And, the, the, you know, <clears throat> we can't afford to get to mentality of let's leave it to the end of the window because we've been there so many times before and you know, the fingers are covered in burns and that, and they still seemingly don't learn sometimes. So what do you reckon? The end of this week and then move on? To, you know, to, uh, the end of tomorrow? I don't know. That's an interesting mm. point, isn't it? How long do you leave? It depends it? what other p- options they've got as well, doesn't well, it? Well, they really? have to yeah. have yeah. Yeah. They've got to have. They, they can't just have a short list of one. They need. They need to have. I mean, Allardyce did f- in 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 balance. He did right, say yeah. there was there was a few, didn't he? Yeah. But, but clearly, you know, and as we reported last last week, it feels like an age ago. He's he's the number one target. They've gone after him first because they want him above yeah. all others. Yeah, it's interesting, but I. The interesting one of this, from people turn on Steve Walsh's role and things like that, and he's out there, and is 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 it everything up to Steve Walsh when he's out there, or you know we've spoken about you know Mercedes involved, Allardyce involved, and selecting players and stuff. You know, does Steve Walsh just go out with, with a blank check, or does, or does he, he does he, does he, he negotiate at all? I don't does know. He negotiate, you know what I mean? It's, it's like you know, I if it doesn't happen, yeah. what I'm saying there, if it doesn't happen, who? You know, who's who's shout is it to make it not happen? Is it is it Walsh's shout? Is it Allardyce's shout? Is it Machiri's yeah. shout? Is is uh, you know? Well, I, I assume ultimately, ultimately, when it comes to signing the checks, it would be far harder. Yeah. Ultimately, um, but I think, and I've said, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I think, I think, what would help in these situations is if. At some point, there is a, a greater clarity over what Steve Walsh's remit is. Because yeah. I think there's so much, uh, not misinformation, I think there's a vacuum. And I think yeah. it's filled with uh, speculation, opinion. People don't actually know. I think yeah. it would be of use if he, if, if he was to sit down and go, look, this is what I do. This is my remit. I don't do negotiations, or I do do negotiations, or I just identify the players and then I leave it in a passive. I don't know, whatever it is, because maybe unfairly, maybe correctly, you know, there's a lot of stuff being thrown at Walsh. Now I don't know if it's yeah. all if it's all fair, if it's all uh, correct or not. It's difficult, and look, he's, he's probably not that, that bothered by it because you know he's he'd be used to that sort of thing. But it would just, I think, it would help. Yeah, for the fan base to understand who is actually making the decision. That's what I was. That's what I was coming coming to really uh, there. But it's, it's an interesting one. But I, I'd say, going back to Greg's point, I'd say by the end of this week. Yeah. I'd say yeah. definitely say by yeah, the end of this bit. week. Definitely. I wouldn't want it going on to next week. Is you, you uh, just you just run around of time. Yeah, and the Premier League kicks off. Is it how many games in January? Is it three Premier League, three or four? Uh, Spurs, West Brom, Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, so West Brom and Leicester, you know, games you're expecting to pick up some points. And Spurs yeah. are always difficult, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, look, hopefully by the time this podcast is uploaded and later on this evening, uh, there may be some positive news and a deal's been struck. But is it unthinkable, unforgivable that we emerge from the window? And it's a short window, don't forget, without a striker. Oh, yeah. we, we can't. Absolutely. We, we have. There needs to be a striker in. 
Like yeah. you, you can't you can't have the rest of the season with the options that we've had because fair fair play to the Calvert Lewin and Nias as well, like showing great attitudes, but they're just not good enough for what we for what we need them to be. Yeah, going on Phil's, I think he raised his point a week or two back. Phil, is, I do repeat is, myself a lot. No, yeah. is, <laughs> is it just a striking issue or is a general creativity issue as well? That even if we've got this guy in, that we're not exactly creating a load of chances at the moment. Well, are we? You know, we created. You know what I mean? We created one chance against United really yeah. than the ass header. That goes in. Slash shoulder. That if that yeah. goes in, it's one one. <laughs> yeah. We missed you know I mean? yeah, we missed against United. Didn't yeah, we? it's not as if we're creating and we come away from the game. So, oh, we had if we had a decent striker there, he would have got three or four. You know what I mean? It's just to me, we definitely need the striker, but that will only work once we get our sort of balance right in terms of creating, creating opportunities behind them. Really. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about this earlier and I totally agree. And I think one of our problems is. And we, it, it was painfully sort of underlined at Bournemouth. We're overstocked with similarly type yeah, yeah. defensive midfielders, you know, who, and then this isn't like, you know, it's happened, it hasn't just been a result of Koeman, but he didn't help the situation. It's happened before that. Midfielders who are defensive sort of by nature, like to pass sideways or backwards and can't really, and I'm going to go on about him because he was always my hero, but we haven't had a player like Mikel Arteta for a long time and they don't come along very often no. but we need and I sort of hope that Sigurdsson when he bought all those number 10s well maybe he thought Sigurdsson would be more of a conventional central midfielder yeah. in like an Arteta mould mm. now I've seen some really good things from Sigurdsson but I still haven't sort of seen that so if anything is there room maybe for us to buy a creative central midfielder in this market well, I know we were linked with him and he's not really that is no, he no, no, I'm, no, not, I'm not sure whether it's Sigurdsson might have been that but I think Davy Klassen might, well, might, that's, might that's, have that's a good shout, very much fit, fit into that mould but he just he just can't get up to the to, speed to, the to break, be fair a player who occasionally shows signs of being able to do that is Tom Davis isn't he yeah, I, think um, it, I think him well, and Klassen are very similar style he, he, he's too young that's yeah. what, I, what I was about to say yeah. going forward yeah. perhaps um, but um, yeah I agree and Barbara Asik me have a PNR and I don't know what, what, what you lot thought about Friday night though in particular there was you know look Yannick he's, he's still searching for match fitness and he, he clearly was blowing after about half you know half time wasn't he? he was struggling but there was a couple of moments where we saw Yannick yeah. with old and he puts in crosses and there was nobody there, there, was nobody there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you actually get a centre forward who knows how to sniff out a chance mm. and you cre- and you're making those half chances into proper chances well yeah. that's it the problem was whenever whenever Balassi seemed to get the ball in that first half he'd go to take on Lindelof and he beat him a few times but what, what kept happening was Nias kept coming over mm. to the to the left wing with him for some reason yeah. and that would drag over a centre back who could double then double up on Balassi it was, it was very strange and I think mm. maybe a better striker would have Kept those centre backs away from Balassi yeah. could cause maybe a bit more damage. And maybe you know maybe United's defence felt they could probably shepherd somebody like Nias a bit further away from goal because mm. they've got the confidence to think well he gets behind. Nobody's coming into fast so. stick, are they? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And when he did get behind, and it wasn't really his fault, but it was a fantastic challenge from Rocco. But yeah. you know he maybe could have pulled the trigger a bit sooner if you're being sort of you know a bit parsimonious. Yes, <laughs> parsimonious. For, <laughs> for me though, for me though, I, I have to say that the header he missed. Was just 
really underline the problems. That's yeah. why he'll never be good enough. No, no. You get one chance like that, it was a clear header on goal, you've got to score. Here's one for you before we move on to Liverpool and, and debate who will play up front. Um, at 12 million quid or whatever it was, would you have bought Valencia in the summer? Oh, and Valencia? Mm. Well, no. I'd still, I still think that's a bit steep. For for Valen, for what he was, yeah, he was he was a good option off the bench. Um, I'm is not he, sure he's a starting forward. Is he? A, I'm again playing devil's advocate though. Is he a better option off the bench than the ass or Calvert Lewin? I don't know. I'm just I'm putting, it, I'm putting it out there. I think mm. Lukaku's presence on the pitch. Yeah, helped Valencia last season. Derby actually, he came on, but he had mm. he could he had somebody on the pitch who he could help. Change the game. If yeah, you know, yeah. had Lukaku there because you know, we said before, I me mean, a couple of times, you know, start of this year, one nil with 15 minutes left, three nil. Yeah. Lukaku to Valencia's come on the pitch and yeah. made the difference, you know. So I think he had to, whether he could do the same if at the moment, I'm not saying. Um, what was where is the super question? Where is he now, Valencia? Is he? He's gone to. Is he Mexico? I think. Yeah. 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 Is he on? Yeah. Yeah. He won the title. Is he at Tigres? He won the title. Yeah. Mexican football is not my uh, speciality, uh, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but I think twelve million. I'm not sure. I think we've had this discussion, didn't we? Because just, yeah, I just wondered. Yeah. Just, it just came to mind. Had you yeah. bought him though, he would have been an option while yeah. he was still. You'd still need St. Tossin or someone else this window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, he has. There's actually an argument, sorry, Phil, that maybe you need two forwards in this window. I was going to say, what, what Valencia did have was pace, yeah. didn't yeah. he? So, but, so I don't know. That's, that's been yeah. and gone, hasn't it, unfortunately? But uh, one strong striker in the Everton ranks that we did mention, which is perhaps indicative, is uh, Sandro Ramirez. Um, does he get a shock return to the team on Friday night at Anfield? Oh, <laughs> stop. That was, the, that was the right reaction. He didn't mean it, Sandro, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> uh, no. no. We just don't I, I know, do we? Because we haven't seen enough. I mean, we've we've seen flashes of him, and no. it hasn't been good, has it? No. Mm. But generally, we we don't we can't gauge if there's been any improvements because we don't we're not able to watch them train. And his continued absence from the squad or from the starting lineup suggests there hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I would have to say. Does. I mean, look, we had some quotes, I spoke to Sam a while ago, um, kept a line from him where he basically, I asked him, I said, why from your point of view, Sam, is Sandro not, not settled? And he, he spoke with sympathy about the general, about generally foreign players coming to a football club and then said it's very difficult when they come into a team that's struggling. Mm-hmm. And he said it, it, it's his biggest challenge he's ever faced is knitting this squad together because there's so many players and they said there's, ca- there's different characters, there might be character clashes, there's different cultures, religions, different attitudes to training. So from that, I, I, I didn't think that Sandro's future was, was cut and dry. I didn't think, yeah, he's definitely leaving. I felt there was a degree of sympathy. Do you think he's worth persevering with? It's hard to know, though, again, isn't it? Because yeah. we, we haven't seen enough of him to... On what you've seen, the bit, it would be rash to make a judgment. Because still maintain as a player, though. I think think as well. 22. 22. There you go. So, how old's Dominic Calvert Lewin? 20, 21. So, maybe he's 21, I think, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, really, there's not that much difference. And whereas you say, and he only cost us 7 million quid, only 7 million quid. I know that's, you know, a bit of a mad statement in many ways, but it was a relatively low risk signing. Mm. I I, I would be disappointed if he was to just go back to Malaga on loan or in a permanent and carry on his form in La Liga. Unless someone made a decision, like whether it's Sam made the decision, look, it's just not going to happen. And then I guess we just have to trust it. And the problem is, it, like, 
for me, he looks really nervous whenever he, whenever he plays. His first touch seems really off. Erratic, I'm not I'm not sure I've seen someone fall over on a football pitch more than more than he does. Like it's it, mm-hmm. it's very odd from someone who's come through the Barcelona academy. I played five and, with James Pierce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But like he's he's come through Barcelona's academy and like. You don't, you don't do that if you're not a, if you're not a, like, a very good footballer. Yeah, I think it's just a style of football in this country, isn't it? Mm. And the different styles of football. It's not like the league where everybody plays the same, mm. isn't it? There's different methods of playing and different tactics and stuff. And to me, he doesn't seem to appear to read the game that well. I think that's I mean, an issue. He, he t- yeah. tends, whenever I see him, it might just be me, but he always appears to be running to the opposite direction to where the ball's going, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, like, having a laugh about that. That's just the impression I get mm. yeah. is that I, he never... I suppose it goes back to what you were saying there, Adam, that, that, like, you know, he looks a bit nervous, and that's part of it. He's a little bit helter-skelter, mm. yeah. sort of, isn't he? You know, mm. where... Koeman seems to be involved in his transfer quite heavily. Was he? I don't profess to know much about how Malaga played last season, although I know that his goals were very important. Was he signed for a manager and a style that's no longer there? And then his actual introduction to the Premier League was when Everton were at the lowest ebb, which wouldn't have helped him. Is he just very quickly become a, you know, an acronym because of Koeman? Is it another thing where you go, nice run for that, Ronald? Yeah. Well, it could have been because at the start of the season, I think we would perhaps the, even more devoid of creating chances than we are now. Like, like it's, like he, he wouldn't have had many opportunities. Like He did get a few starts like in mm. August time. He got, a, he got a bit more game time. And then, yeah. obviously, that was when we saw like David Klassen getting a lot of game time as well. And it's, exactly. it's, just, not, it's just not clicked for, e- yeah. for either of them. I think we, we really struggled with style of football at the start of the season. Maybe it's just... Knocked yeah, them out of their I, confidence. I think, like, because you know, don't want to go on about this, but we said this at the time, didn't he? When Rooney was playing him, and Rooney tended to occupy the same space because he tended to try and drop drops, didn't he? Like, yeah, you know? yeah. So that that didn't help. I just think you judge about who's getting a game instead of him at the moment. Calvert Lewin, the ass. No, which is I think it may be. Is it like if you think is about that Sam, it, though, is that Sam? That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 I was going to yeah, say yeah. He's, a, he's a victim of. Not being able to settle in England and then a new manager coming in and having to play a very deliberate style to get everyone out of trouble. But, you know, does, I don't know, again, just, just putting it out there, now that Everton relatively are safe, does Sam roll the dice a little bit more with him and say, you know what, I can start you and give you the opportunity of a bit more of a regular games? I don't know. And we'll play two up front now because I've got to start. You know, well, there's an expectancy that I've got to start creating chances. It's got and the team's got to score goals. Let's play. Let's play you off Calvert Lewin. Not, not based on the team that went and got beat by Bournemouth. Mm. Palace are only seven points behind us yeah. now after that win last yeah. night. West Ham are six, aren't they? We're not game quite as home and hosed in terms of safety as I felt we were mm. because of stupid results like Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we've got Leicester. I'd say Leicester at home on deadline day. It yeah. will be a difficult game. Yeah, of course. So Spurs, Spurs away. West got Brom Ar- at home. You've got Arsenal away at That's some point. That's in February. Yeah. yeah. So we're, not gonna, still, we're not going to get dragged into, <laughs> famous last words, we're not going to get dragged into relegation again, I don't think. But I'm not sure, that's the problem for Sandro. I'm not sure yet Sam is in a position where he can go, well, yeah, all right, I'll start to use him and try mm-hmm. and, as you say, even though I'd like to see that. He may, I suspect he'll be sticking to what's got him, what got his, the beginning of his reign off to such yeah. a, an emphatic yeah. start. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the other hand, he's got to, he's got to start seeing, seeing some sort of results from Sandro though. Like he's got to he's got mm. to show us something. 
Like that, his goal against Atalanta was a really good finish, but born off a really bad first touch. He could have made it a whole lot, <laughs> yeah. could have made it a whole lot easier for himself. But like he, he does, he does just like if he's getting these last 10, 15 minutes, he needs to start showing yeah. something that, mm. that's going to give us. Yeah. Like the ass when he, when he was first reintroduced into the team, he was. He was getting on. He was causing causing havoc in defences. Yeah. He bagged himself a couple of goals. All importantly, yeah. I think Sandro's got to try and got to try and use that mould for himself if he if he really wants to try and get back into the first team. Because you would imagine that he's actually technically a far better footballer than Umanias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just very quickly wrap up. Um, obviously, got to Anfield on Friday night. Uh, Gav, very quickly, uh, yes or no answer. Does Sam Allardyce employ the same tactics he did in the league game? <laughs> do you want a short answer? Yeah, this? I do, yeah. Um, yeah. Greg, same to you. Does he employ the same tactics, yes or no? He's got to, as far as I can see. Depressing. I suppose yes or no, and he's just giving me that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, can we say briefly, but maybe he's just saying that because... Can't do anything else at the moment, or just interesting. Like, yeah, work, um, yeah. Work the first time, hopefully. No, work but the it's, time. yeah. But let's face it, will it work the second time? That's the problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It worked the first time. Combination, really dogged defender and luck. Bad decision by Mane. Bad decision in the first place by Klopp. Now maybe the factors will go in our favour again. They haven't got the. F- I was about to say. There's something for them, but it's so cringy. I won't go there. But you know, <laughs> they might not have Coutinho. Yeah. Our problems. I just got to get this off my chest before before you go. Is the fullback bets as well? We talk about the the problem yeah. with the strikers in the summer and, and legacy of not replacing Lukaku. Kuko Martina, that's Kuko Sam <laughs> Martina at left back. It, defensively, he's improved. Mm. But going forward on his wrong foot. Yeah. It, and it, given the importance of attacking fullbacks in the modern game, even against teams who aren't as good as you. It's a complete and utter non-entity and a liability. The lad has to check back, look inside, and give the ball back. And if you're an oppo- if you're a hit winger on his side, or even the fullback looking to overlap, he's playing into your hands. It's a waste of time, especially with Koom- with Koeman, with Allardyce wanting to essentially get crosses into the box. He can't. It's really criminal. We've relied on on and you said this millions of times now on Baines because he was always going to run into an injury gut. Yeah. And really should have a, repl- a better replacement. 12, 18 months ago. For Col- yeah, for yeah. him, definitely. And for Coleman. I blame Kuban again for bringing in a lad who wasn't getting his game in Southampton in Martina. And I think, do they have to address, fill both full back birds in this window or just left back? I would say yeah, just left back, I think. And just gamble on Coleman coming back. Because Kenny, do- Kenny does all right, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and then yeah. you've also got Holgate can yeah. play there. And, that, stuff. Well, that's a and good Martina. Point, but, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Right, yeah. Well, I'll give you that. They're maybe not right back, but it's just so important, isn't it? It is. And yeah. If you're going to play and get cross into the box, you need yeah. to have these. Completely agree. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you very much for listening. We could pod all day on the fullback issue, and I'm sure we will in January as, as the month progresses. Because hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Everton will, uh, as well as signing a striker, sign a left-sided defender as well. So thank you very much for listening and tuning into the uh, latest and the first uh, Royal Blue podcast of the year. And stay with the Echo Online for all the best news and analysis.